Sport Press. To the Full Sport Press podcast featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one stop shop for all sports related news and topics. Before we get started, I am Jay Hove. It's your boy, Big Jeff. Weezy in the building. Say, what's up, Weezy? What it do? What it do? What it do? Coach Lock in the building. Say, what's up, Cal? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I found out today that I'm the only person ain't got a haircut. Coaching went and got an edge up. Mm-hmm. Weezy had about 10 haircuts. Mm-hmm. Jeff had a couple of his damn self and me. He's out here living, huh? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still holding the team down. It's all good. Hey, man. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. Heard you. Got whiskers and shit on my ears. I I couldn't Dang. do it. I couldn't do it. Y'all are the reason that we still in the house. You. That's, not true. that's a lie. That's, uh, that's not that's a lie. That, ain't true. that is a lie. Nah, that's not true. That's no. a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I can Ball. tell you the reason why we still in the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? oh, episode three hundred and forty. We are analyzing the biggest what ifs in NBA history, man. FSP style. Always FSP style. Better damn know it. Better damn believe it. Let's kick it off, man. Best of the week, Coach Like, What you got? My best of the week is seeing everybody get out and vote early, man. It's a really good push. You're seeing everybody showing their stickers left and right. Everybody exercising their right to vote, man. So that's good. No matter what you vote, just exercise your right. Now, I ain't telling you who I wouldn't vote for, who I would, but I'm just glad to see people out voting. What's up? Heard you. Heard you for sure. Weezy, what you got? Best of the week, buddy. Best week for me was a uh, hometown dude, Mookie Best, man. And his, his World Series performance, he he on the roll right now, man. Stole a couple bases. Hit a home run already. His glove is going crazy. Shout out to Mookie Best, man. Putting out for the city. 615, man. Shout out to Mookie. Uh, Jeff, what you got? Best of the week. Hey, FSU, man. Upset. Number five, North Carolina Tar Heels. I mean, signature win. I mean, you know, not having looked good all season. First game, we, we we tried our best to lose it, Coach. We tried our best to lose that game in the second half. Yes, we did. But, <laughs> but we got the W. That's all that matters, man. Got us a quarterback of the future. Of the future. He, he got to take his lumps this year, Paul. But future. Future. Yeah. Heard you as well. My best of the week is Dez Bryant, man. After being out two years, Achilles gang, my brother, man, landed on the Ravens practice squad. This is the first time somebody's landed on a team after a two-year layoff since me and Jeff's guy, Josh Gordon. So shout out to Dez. Big deal, for sure. Worst of the week, man. Right back to you, Easy. What you got? What's your worst of the week, buddy? Worst of the week for me was, uh, man, the Miami Dolphins and Fitzpatrick, man. He beat the 49ers. The one game out of first place in that division. You good luck it. to him. You said they won game out of the first place. They didn't want that this quick. No, no, no. <laughs> they want they want to get another another pick in Miami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it, for sure. They want him to well, learn. Well, Tua's first game was against uh, the Rams, so good luck. Coach Locke, what you got, man? Worst of the week. Man, my worst of the week is sneakers, man. Early access went out for two different shoes. No access for neither. Just come on, man. <laughs> Let me get off the schneid. It's time. It's time. It's time for you too, brother. Don't get me wrong. It's time. It's time. It ain't just me. It's time, man. It's time. Jeff, what you got, man? Worst of the week. Uh, my bills, man. Monday night, well, Monday afternoon football. Monday evening football. It wasn't really Monday night. Um, got, I don't know, man. We had a bad week. We had a Tuesday night game. 
got got derailed by the Titans. Then we go against the Chiefs and get bum rushed again. So we got to take our lumps. Got the Jets this week. I hope we can get a win against the Jets because if not, man, we are in trouble. Trouble. That's a big. That's a big point spread too. I, I ain't touching. I ain't touching that one. Uh, my worst of the week is ABC and Shonda Rhimes. A report came out that Shonda Rhimes, after damn near single-handedly carrying ABC for 15 years, was told, don't you have enough, end quote, by a high-ranking executive when she asked for, listen to this, a ticket to Disney World, y'all. So she hung up the phone and demanded a release from ABC. She now works for Netflix and has 12 shows ready to be introduced over the next year. She kept the lights on at ABC, man. The Great lights. Movie. Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, just to name a few. Stay classy, ABC. One ticket to Disney World, man. Just one. That's your star player, dog. You got to take care of your star player, you man. Keep your star player happy. But and she, sure. Like you said, Jay, she kept the lights on. Kept the lights on 15 years, dog. Yeah. Wrong, man. And make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search Full Sport Press Podcast. When you get through doing that, make sure you check out the On Day TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Lou every Wednesday. Their latest issue is up, the Benny the Butcher album review episode. Have you guys listened to that album yet? Constantly listen to that album. <laughs> is, it, is it the best album of 2020, Jeff? It's top three. It's top, top three. For sure. It's top three. You know what number one? You know it's still number one? Let's see what, we, what you're going to say. Nasir Jones. Yeah. That's Nasir to me. It's, it's, it's them. It's, yeah. Nasir Jones has a hit record right now. If we were out in the streets. That like, would be popping. That would be. That would be a. Bro. That would be everywhere yeah. right now. Yeah, sure. that's crazy too, oh, by the way. <laughs> Who's been the Butcher Jones? Congratulations, you played yourself. Wow. Wow. Um, Move right along to Fresher Than Your Average podcast, man. It's featuring myself and my dog, Animal Brown. It's a self-help fashion podcast directly related Ooh. to improving everyday fashion. We have a new FTYA Friday up right now, analyzing copper drops for the week's biggest sneaker releases. Pull up on us on the IG page. It's also available via YouTube with some special surprises within that. Wear your kicks, cop responsibly. While you copper responsibly, support us, man. Support FSP on the Realville Family Patreon page. You can support the team right now as you listen to this podcast. Patreon features Full Sport Press on Deck TV, fresher than your average. It is available in the link tree in the IG page, man. Patreon.com, man. Support the team. Support the real. A lot of surprises on there for sure. Still no business, Butcher Jones is. Uh, Jeff, do you have 10 good wrestling seconds? Yes. Yeah, I do. Start the I clock. Do. All right, fellas. This weekend is hell in a cell. So you know what that means. The reigning champ is back. Who gets the W? All right. It's a, it's a short card this week. All right, so first match, Roman Reigns, the SmackDown champion versus his real-life cousin, Jay Uso, in the Hell in a Cell match for the SmackDown World Championship. Wheezy, who gets the W? Roman Reigns. J-Ho. Roman Reigns. Coach Locke. Roman Reigns. Yes, unanimous, Roman Reigns. Although Jay Uso has put up a great fight, he's, he's become a better character, but they're not. Too soon. Off Roman. Too yeah. Soon. All right, next, we got Drew McIntyre, still the Raw champion. Not sure how this is happening. Versus Randy Orton for the Raw uh, championship. Who gets the W, Coach Locke? Randy Orton. Ooh, Wheezy. Randy Orton, the legend killer. J-Ho. Drew McIntyre, for sure. I'm going with Drew McIntyre as well. And lastly, the main event of the evening, Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion versus Sasha Banks in the Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Women's Championship. J Ho, who gets the W? Bailey for sure. I'm sticking with it. Weezy. Sasha Banks, because her last name is Banks. The boss, Sasha Banks. And Coach Locke. Sasha Banks, man. Seeing too much on Twitter about her not getting treated right. They got to do it. 
Yeah, I'm gonna call she getting inside scoop again. You see that shit? <laughs> Goodness gracious. No. 808s and chest socks retweet. Yeah, yeah. Hey. All right, and I'm going Sasha as well, man. It's it's her time. It's her time. It, she she deserves it. It's it's been a long, long, long time coming. As the great Yo Gotti once said, and I'm going with Sasha Banks. Make sure you tune in every Thursday, eight a.m. man, Central Time for the Eight Hundred Eight and Chess Shots podcast. Neek is throwing those Nashville jokes around a little too loosely. Had to had to come at him with those Bill Street flipper guys. They be you know you know how that go on Bill Street in Memphis, but. Sure. <laughs> Hold us down. You got to, man. Got to. All right. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Now, tweet us with questions throughout the weekend, Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started, the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is University of Louisiana, LSU. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, um, Odell Beckham received a two-year ban from school facilities for handing players cash as part of LSU's self-imposed sanctions related to booster payments. Now, LSU's initial findings determined that Beckham handed out right around 2000 bucks When it happened, LSU was warned that it could be a violation if he was indeed handing out real money. This is the thing. You mean to tell me that Odell could have gave mm, $200 to the football program and he would be okay, but since it's for the players, it is now indeed a problem. He has to stay away from all things LSU-related for two years. True. Stay classy, LSU. Stay classy. Two Chains said it best on the NCAA song. What'd he say, Coach? Let me get this straight. If I drop 40 today, you don't care if I eat. You don't care if I ate. They say you better have a good grade, like a mixed baby hell. They say we going to the tournament. We gonna need you there. I have more crab legs than Jameis. You fake like you got a girl. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> they they throwing Odell in 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 the in the headline. He wasn't even the most the, the the biggest offender. This was almost my worst of the week. They threw Odell under the bus. The booster was giving out no show jobs for hundred fifty thousand to a seventh round pick. A guy who eventually became a seventh round pick, a booster got a, a, a no show job worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars to his parents. That's the guy who got them in trouble. Odell, yeah, he was on camera wilding, but come on, come on, LSU, stay classy. Nah, for sure. Weezy, you gonna get that out to him? Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be prime. Not slow mail. We're gonna, we're gonna get that slow mail. Yeah, not for sure. They gotta figure out. They gotta right their wrongs for sure, man. They're wrong for that. And it's and household has a lot to do with the NCAA and their rules too. They're just doing that. They're just following rules, man. You know, LSU's just following rules. NCAA is the problem for sure. You guys ready to get started? First half. Yes, sir. Yeah, let's get it. The first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week. Like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am Jay Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weezy. What do you do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, where can they find you at on social media, my brother? They can check me out on Twitter or IG at Locke underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. Get at me. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Weezy? I'm FSP underscore Weezy on, on IG. I'm at how Weezy on Twitter. Holla at me. That's, that is correct. That is indeed correct. Um, what about you, Jeff? Jay Easley 84 across all social media platforms. Sure, man. It's your boy Jay Hove on Instagram and Twitter. Have a conversation with me on Twitter. Twitter conversations are great. It's the reason why we have this show today, is because of a great Twitter conversation for sure. So shout out to E with the with a great conversation we were having and it sparked the interest of the show, man. So shout out to E, man. That was a good find, man. Uh, let's kick it off, Weezy man. You got three and out, man. I do. This week's yeah. three and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, How many we give you, though, bro? <laughs> you gave me... I asked for five, but you gave me three. Let's get it. That, that's facts. Here we go. Other than uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott's two fumbles to cost the Cowboys the game, and Derrick Henry's 212 yards to win the Titans the game, not too much went on this week that caught my eye. So we're going to play a game this week. Who am I? Y'all ready? Let's All right, go. who am I? Let's the go. quarterback edition. Who am I? 16 for 29. 
216 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, passer rating of 50.4. Aaron Rodgers. No. Dang, that was my guess. Uh, Gardner Minshew. No. You got one, Coach? Time up. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Another player. My goodness. 10 for 18, one, 119 yards, zero, one touchdown, two interceptions. Pass rating of 54.9. Aaron Rodgers. That's Aaron Rodgers. Back. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Damn. <laughs> All right. 16 for 35, 160 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, a pass rate of 35.4. All right. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm sticking with Aaron Rodgers. That's Aaron Rodgers. We got it. Yeah. One more. Say. One more. We done. No, nah, that's four, bro. No, nah, that, that's three, four. Three, three, now. Three, three now. Three now. Get off three the field now. on third down. Get off the field. Get off the field on third down. Dude, crazy. Jeff, we are back with another FSP Fantasy Football Breakdown. Yes, sir. All right, let's get it. All right, so week seven, ladies and gentlemen. Start off with myself. Winston I, Winston's eye exam at four and two versus Vandalay International. Shout out to Reagan. I am projected to win that one by six points. It's going to be a close game. Bye weeks are hurting me this week, guys. All right, next we got the preseason champ, Shane. Three and three versus Coach's Corner. Shout out to Coach Wayman. Coach Wayman is projected to win that one. Coach Wayman is two and four. This to get him back into contention. He wins that game right there. Now watch God at three and three versus Big Draco. Also at three and three. Shout out to Sean Watson, Chad. Big Draco is projected to win that one by a nice little margin. Uh, now watch God need a little bit to fall in his favor, but we gonna see how that works out. And we got the one and five. You choose the side. I believe it versus the five and one. Kanye, but Kanye in 2024. Shout out to AB. It's, it's projected to be close. We just got to make a couple of moves. Hopefully, I tried to make him a trade to get him a back. He didn't want to get a back. You know, so he want to roll with JD McKissick and guys and such like that. And, you know, it is what it is. But shout out to Weezy. He's rolling with the squad. And next, the game of the week TB12 memory loss. Shout out to D Harris at 5 and 1 versus A Royale with the cheese. Shout out to Twin, also 5 and 1. This is a six point margin by predict by predictions for D Harris game of the week in the fantasy football league. See how that turns out. And that is week seven, fellas. Shout out to that, man. Weezy hit me up today, Jeff said. Man, you know. Fantasy football has me, you know, looking at football games different, man. It's really stressing me out, man. I ain't supposed to feel like this. And I said, hey, that sounds very similar, very, very similar to what me and Coach Locke was saying when we quit. Hmm. Very. Oh, man. You got you got to get the fun out of it, man. You know what I mean? Ain't like, no fun in that shit, Joe. Ain't no fun in that shit. <laughs> Not too lead. Weezy. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> you know yeah, what that was? Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Beginners look. <laughs> so, every player, every player I pick got hurt. Yeah, we got Everyone. it. Yeah, we got it. Uh, let's start things off with the NBA, man. Sixty-one-year-old Stan Van Gundy agreed to join the Pelicans on Wednesday as their newest head coach. Now, the Pelicans finished thirteenth in the Western Conference with a thirty and forty-two record, and missed out on the playoffs after going two and six in the NBA's restart in Orlando. Despite the disappointing finish, Van Gundy inherits one of the most exciting young rosters in the entire NBA headline by Jeff's guy, Zion Williamson, and also Jeff's guy, Brandon Ingram. Is Stan Van Gundy the man for the job in New Orleans? You know, I don't think he would have been first choice for me, but if you look at what he, what he was able to do with Dwight Howard, and if he can somehow mimic that with Zion, you have you have a nucleus already there with Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Zion Williams. You build around those three, and you hope for the best. Like that, hope Zion takes his offseason seriously and is able to, for the other people out there to care about these type of things, is able to work himself into basketball shape, and <laughs> and still keep his athleticism and still keep what makes him Zion you have a player for the future and you have Brandon Ingram, who's going to be Kevin Durant 2.0 and you have a point guard in Lonzo ball who hopefully can keep the mental, his, his mental state together. Stan Van Gundy just hit the lottery guys. He just hit the lottery. 
while Van Gundy was with the Pistons, the Magic, and the Heat, he built his reputation as a defensive tactician. Per the NBA, over 11 full seasons he had between the three franchises, his team only ranked outside the top 10 of defense three times. The Pelicans don't have a good defense, so he's going to bring that defensive mentality to the Pelicans. Also, he's built around bigs before, like you said, Jeff, with Dwight Howard. He likes to play a lot of four-out, one-in six, which will give Zion plenty of space to work, and you have your shooters outside that can spread the floor in J.J. Reddick, Lonzo Ball. B.I. can make, make that shot out there. The only thing that worries me, though, with Stan Van Gundy is his reputation for not relating to young players. He has a young roster. He's going to have to change his – adjust his no-nonsense approach of coaching so he can relate to these players and not beat them down. I think Stan Van's greatest accomplishment is what he did for Dwight Howard. He was the best version of Dwight while playing with Stan, even though it ended the way it ended. Um, he can do the same thing with Zion, man. The biggest thing that he has to do is develop Lonzo Ball into Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson under Stan Van was an all-star, y'all. So got to make them a playmaker that Jameer Nelson was. Similar to, you know, everything that they have going on. If you can get both of those guys going in the right way, because B.I. is going to be B.I. He's going to have to get some touches. You could turn the Pelicans into not only a playoff team, but a free agency destination because everybody wants to play with the big, the big name person. That's always been the case, starting at Michael Jordan all the way down now to LeBron James. If you're looking at the trajectory – of Zion Williamson, man. That's where he's supposed to be. And Stan Van can do it if he can just figure out a way to unlock Lonzo, for sure. All right, moving on. Sticking with basketball, but on a women's college level. The University of Connecticut paid out just under $250,000 to seven women, including four members of Geno's 2014 women's basketball team, after the U.S. Labor Department ruled they were underpaid according to the Associated Press. The seven women included two law professors and five women in the school's athletic department. Four of those women, Chris Daly, Sarah Doris, Marissa Mosley, and Cheryl Ralph were all part of the 2014 women's basketball team, who was then coached by Gino. Now, the U.S. Labor Department found these women were underpaid based on what the university paid men in similar positions. The Labor Department added it still found a pay disparity even when legitimate factors affecting pay were taken into account. These women will receive between $5,000 and $50,000 according to the Associated Press. Is this something that we will see start to snowfall, snowball, I guess I should say, with other women's programs? The pay discrepancy in corporate America, in the sports world, you know, everywhere is 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 rampant. Like, I've had this conversation myself with people that are in the same field and you hear questions you and you get questions and you hear conversations like, dang, she's only making what? Like, and it's 2020, you know what I'm saying? So, and that's just applying it to real life stuff, not even just the, the sports world that we consider maybe a fantasy world because some of us can't weren't able to reach that level. So uh, I hope this is a snowball effect, man. They just, women deserve that. I mean, this is going to be done, I think, around all the women's sports, not just college basketball. This is going to be done within football coaches, NBA coaches, this is huge for women's sports and this is needed. CD's, I mean, uh, Gino's main assistant, CD, the best coach in college basketball nobody talks about. She could have been a head coach 25 years ago. She's a major part of the reason that the program at UConn is now. I mean, she deserves every penny and even more credit than she actually gets. Everybody that goes there praises CD talks about how great of a coach she is and that program would not be UConn. And I know Gino gets all the credit, but CD deserves a lot of that credit, man, because they've done a lot for women's basketball. True dog, a person that's going to get these recruits. The reason that they get the recruits, you've got a lot to do with Gino and the appeal of being there, but CD's got to get more credit. So shout out to CD, man. All right, let's move on, man. This is a wheezy topic. World Series, guys. We got the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Tampa Bay Rays. That's your 2020 MLB World Series matchup. Both teams are coming off a seven-game divisional series and seem evenly matched going into the series. And speaking with the first two games, you can say they are evenly matched. It's 1-1 at the moment of recording. 
Guys, how do we think the World Series is going to shake out? I think the Dodgers should win probably in six. If it goes to game seven and Clayton, and Clayton Kershaw's pitching, they're in trouble. He, he doesn't do good at all in game seven with the pressure's on. Not at all. But uh, if, as long as he ain't pitching in game seven and they keep doing they they should end this game in six. The Dodgers is going to win this series. doesn't matter if it goes six or seven. They still have the Kobe blessing. L.A. has the Kobe blessing right now. They, they're just fighting through it. They're playing well. And I even think if Clayton gets to game seven, I think he'll pitch well. This will be the year that he will pitch well and close it out and I have the Dodgers winning this series for sure. Yeah, Jeff hit on a great point, man. Teams are very similar. Their philosophies, their roster breakdowns. I just think the Dodgers are the more talented version, which is no knock on the Rays, who've been the second best team in baseball the entire year. Dodgers just got the better squad, man, offensively and the pitching staff. And on top of that, you add in Clayton Kershaw, who, how Weezy mentioned, has had trouble throughout the playoffs his entire career. He figured it out this year, man, and he's been playing pretty well. You get Sager and Mookie. They're playing out of their mind. That's going to be the hardest thing as far as figuring out who's going to be World Series MVP between those two guys. So, But like Coach said, this is the year of L.A., Dodgers in six for sure. One time for the Cuban Lynx on the field. On, on the diamond in the World Series. My goodness. Probably like a diamond. <laughs> like a diamond, Coach. <laughs> yeah, y'all ready to move on to halftime? Let's do it. Yes, sir. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it, Neymar, my guy, PSG, my soccer squad, shocked all of soccer when he agreed to become the new face of Puma. Neymar signed a $23 million per year deal, which is the largest individual sponsorship contract in soccer. 28-year-old ended his deal two years early with Nike after being with Nike for since he was 13 years old. He was making 11 per year with Nike, which is no chump change, but Puma came through and doubled up. Now, Neymar is the biggest star at the show at Puma. And his arrival will carry huge momentum. Can Neymar put Puma in the top two? This is well, he's in the right sport. That's where Puma excels more, right? It's it's Adidas, it's Puma, Nike's making their way over there. Uh, but it's more so, it's more so uh those two, those two. But I got a question. Um, we've talked about this before real quick. And I, where is this bag coming from for Puma? Like, well, what are they doing? Like, this is this is a little bit. <laughs> I knew it was some bullshit when they had the Puma jet. That's when it started. That's when it started. Nipsey get out the Puma jet with the ace of spades in his hand. Like, what what they doing over there, man? Like, goodness. I don't know what I don't I don't know. Puma hit on the stock long time ago and just never balling out from it. They hit on the stock about three, four years ago, and it's just now receiving the benefits from Because they've given out bags of money. You hear me? Bags. Just giving it away. You get a bag. You get a bag. You get a bag. They gave Kuzma a bag. Like, yeah. Yeah, now for sure. Here's the thing, though. To get them in the top two, they got to get past Adidas. And that Yeezy effect is so strong with Adidas. Signature shoes are trash. Trash. James Harden, Dame Lillard. Um, what's the kid's name? Donovan Mitchell. Ooh, big trash. Dames are okay. Dames are okay. The what? Dames are okay. Dames are okay. trash, dog. Trash. But then you look at Cole, and then the way what Adidas is doing, they can't compare to what Puma's about to do. They're about to have a Meek Mill AAU team, y'all. They're about to have a uh j cole aau team it's about to get started and it's about to get crazy and puma's gonna push there that's what they're gonna go after grassroots and i think that'll help them get past you know under armors your reeboks who the hell knows what the hell they're doing but to get to number two you gotta figure out a way to touch a different audience and they're doing that with rappers for sure that's who fumbled the ball under armor they had, they had their chance to sneak in and get up under Nike with Steph and, and all those players. And, and Steph tried, but they just could never get the real good shoe for Steph 
for them to take over. The only thing's missing with Steph Curry, just don't have a swoosh on it, y'all. I'm telling you, that's the only thing, man. He should have never left Nike. You got to go get the bag. Go get the bag. Ain't no question. But to see Steph Curry, those shoes, man, you know, Steph's my guy. I wouldn't be caught dead in any of his shoes. Not one pair, man. All of them have been bad. It's just the logo, though. That, yeah. If yeah. that logo wasn't as aggressive as it is, like. Yeah, but Jay, I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. What if you, what if you're 15 years old and you just not watching them play? Would you, would you, would you, what, would you rock some Steph Curry's? That's a great yeah, point. Yeah, it is. And people, and that his, that's his audience. He's been attacking that audience, the younger kids, the younger hoopers. But it all goes back to the cool factor. And there aren't any cool rappers or singers or actors or people in the culture wearing Steph Curry. You know what they're wearing? They're wearing Pumas now. Facts. Damn. Yep, let's get it. Were you guys ready to get started with the second half? Yes, sir. Let's do it. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half, the biggest what ifs, NBA edition. Before we get started, I am J-Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weezy. What'd he do? What'd he do? It's your man, Coach Lock. Episode 340, man. The NBA has had some of the best what-if scenarios in all of sports, from different draft selections to potential trades. There are a lot of alternate situations that would have shaken up the basketball world as we know it. Now, many teams and players' futures could have been totally different had things gone slightly different. There's no doubt that a lot of things are born out of luck or just good timing, Many examples exist in the NBA's history as the ones we will talk about today. Without further ado, FSP is here to analyze 10 of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history. We will start things off in chronological order. First thing, before Weezy's time, hell, before all of us watching a little bit of basketball, um, Lynn Bias dies of an overdose. Starting it off very somber, man. The Celtics' dominance, will it continue if Lynn Bias never passed away? I mean, from what we've seen on 30 for 30, it's not like, we got to say yes, right? The way that draft pick fell to the, to the Celtics. Like you, you, if, you, if you're the Celtics' front office and you get Lynn Bias and you're, getting, you're coming back with a healthy Larry Bird, then you're going to get a healthy Kevin McHale, even if they're a little bit older. You're going to, you know, you could bring it back the nucleus that you already had and you add in that young piece that's athletic, that's dominant, that was going to take the league by storm. Man, you had to have been jumping for joy to get that pick. So to answer the question, yes, this is this would have been the equivalent of the Spurs with, with David Robinson being injured and Tim Duncan falling in your lap, and then the dynasty starts again. There you go. Couldn't have said it better, Jeff. The Celtics had lost in the 85 finals. They draft him in 86, and then they lose in the 87 finals. So if you put bias on their team, they probably don't lose that finals. And then the next year in 88, they lose in the conference finals. So that's two series that they lost that they probably win if you put bias on their team because he would have been a piece to put them over the hump playing along those guys you mentioned like dennis johnson and robert Parrish. so it definitely changes things for the celtics and i think it gives them two more chips at least larry bird coming off of three straight mvps winning championship and you add in lenny bias who was a once in a generation type talent very similar to like what jeff said with tim duncan or zion williamson People were comparing this kid to Michael Jordan, you know? So at only 22, you lose him. It was huge, man. They had just come off one of the greatest seasons ever and won four titles in the 80s. This would have set them up throughout the 90s. And you put them alongside people like Reggie Lewis and Larry Bird's career, I think would have lasted longer because he ended up having to play more than he was needed to this would have prevented him from being so weathered and overused to the point where he could have, you know, rolled out in the sunset. But in actuality, he rolled out with major injuries, man. So that was that was the worst one. Mm. Next up, man, Michael Jordan never retires to play baseball. How are things different in the NBA? Probably, well, probably he probably won eight rings, a couple more MVPs, and I don't think Akeem Olajuwon would have his title right today. 
if he ret- if he doesn't retire after they beat that was the Suns after they beat the Suns and he doesn't retire that means the next year if they if they get past the Knicks because the Knicks were loaded as well and they you know did what they had to do that year so if they if they get past the Knicks that means they play Hakeem Olajuwon. I wish we could have saw that. I really do. One of those two years, I do think the Rockets beat them because they don't. They did not have a big man. They did not have a big man. If you look at that, we we all watched that uh that Last Dance documentary. You watched that team that came out and played after Jordan left. That, that, you gonna roll out Bill Winnington against against Hakeem Olajuwon? You see what he did to pay you? <laughs> see what he did to Young Shaq? And you putting Bill Winnington out there? This is before Rodman and all that. So, no, nah, man, I wish we could have saw it. I believe the Bulls may win one more, maybe win one more. But after that, I think the dynasty is destroyed because of the, the beef going back and forth with Jerry Krause. He would have destroyed the dynasty. And I don't think Jordan stays in Chicago. I think he leaves along with Phil Jackson because of everything that was going on. I think the whole Bulls outcome changes the whole dynamic is totally different here and and mike might only wind up with four wings maybe five max but i don't think he stays in chicago and they definitely don't three-peat again i think that they would have won six maybe seven for sure i do think that 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 undefeated mark would have been blemished i think they would have lost maybe one for sure i think they would have beat the rockets though because the thing that you have to worry about with this is the fact that you might not get Rodman in between that. Horace Grant might stay, you know? So in turn, it might be a little different of a team. I think that they would have got another superstar though. Maybe like a Barkley, maybe like a, a bigger name person on that team if you don't get Rodman because it was between Dennis Rodman and Charles Barkley and they roll with Dennis Rodman because of the fact clearly I mean, he's probably a little bit low, a little bit of a lower maintenance as far as day to day, because you're gonna have to get him some touches. You got to get Barkley touches. You don't have to worry about getting uh, Rodman touches though. So I think the six and oh, that would have been different. I think you'd have maybe lost one, still won six though for sure. Didn't Barkley say he didn't want to team up with Jordan? No, that's yeah. another reason they got Rodman. Yeah, now that's true. He definitely said he didn't. I think Jordan said that too. I think they came to the conclusion that they didn't want to team up after Barcelona. Because how hard they win at each other, for sure. Mm. Next up, we got Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway staying healthy throughout their career, man. Let's talk about it. That top 10 player of all time list would have been different. Would have been a lot different if those two players did not get hurt. Would have been a lot different. Because both of them would have had an argument to be in that top 10 of all time list. Like we were robbed, we were robbed of seeing Penny Hardaway at his like to mature because he was he think about it, he only was playing four or five years. Like so Prime Penny didn't even happen yet. You know what I mean? So if we could have saw Prime Penny and Prime Grant Hill going against a mature older Jordan, a young Kobe, like, nah, man, this would have the top 10 list would have been different. Absolutely. I agree, Jeff. They become two of the greatest players ever. Grant Hill was LeBron James before LeBron minus the size. He was a 6'7 small forward that could do it all before his injury. He was improving every year in the league. He was about to take that torch from Mike. That's all everybody was saying. The last season of the 90s, which is right around Mike's end because he retired in 98, Grant Hill averaged 25.8, 5.2 assists, and 6.6 rebounds. Then he went to play with T-Mac, but we were spoiled of what that was to be because of that injury. Then you talk about Penny Hardaway. He was Magic Johnson with more athleticism, better shooting, and great defense. There was nothing Penny couldn't do. You put a small guard on him, he's going to take him in a post, post him up, you're done. You put a big guard on him, he's going to get by him, go to the rack, diamond or finish by dunking on you. Not laying it up, he's going to dunk on you. So you see two of the greatest players ever in my eyes. That was a fact, man. Starting off with Grant Hill, he was a once-in-a-generational talent, just like we talked about Lynn Bias and everybody else. What Grant Hill should have did was pull to Kawhi Leonard, not play on that ankle, and demanded a trade if things got a little spicy. Even go to Orlando. If Grant Hill's there in his prime, T-Mac's there in his prime, they were one player away, and that one player was Tim Duncan. He was all but ready to sign 
until Doc Rivers said, hey, now you can't have your kids on the on the plane. That was literally the only reason why he didn't go to Orlando. So if you have that squad, dude, that changes the trajectory of the entire 2000s, which is insane, man. So, and even Penny Hardaway, you guys talked about him. We talk about Penny Hardaway on this podcast. Tanazi, man, he's one of the greatest point guards. And he was poised to be a top 10 talent. Injuries, man. Injuries. From 26 years old to 36, he never played a full season of basketball. Never came close to playing in the All-Star game. He's the biggest what if on this entire list, for sure. I'm telling you, he got to be, Jeff, because at least we saw some good years in Grand Hill. We saw six good years of Grand Hill. We only we saw one, three and a half. I think we got one more on the bottom of this list. Y'all think so? There's right, this, right. this up there. This, this, right, this coming up. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going. <laughs> let's move on to Shaquille O'Neal never leaving, not Orlando, but Los Angeles, man. How would that look? If Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe get along and never, ever leave, and he never leaves a LA, easily they win five in a row. Easily. He got a point though, because Miami got one great year of Shaq. Miami got one great year of Shaq. Now, I'm not saying it was prime Shaq. It wasn't old 2000, 2001 Shaq. No. But that, Miami, that Miami Shaq was, was great enough. I think they win maybe one more chip because you got to remember. They three-peated, and then they brought in Carl Malone and Gary Payton, and they lost. They lost their series to win four. At that point, Shaq was getting a little old, like we, like you mentioned. He did help Miami. He did help Dwayne Wade. But at the end of the, end of the day, Dwayne Wade had to become the Dwayne Wade in that finals for them to win that. If he doesn't go off like he does, we're not even talking about that championship in Miami. Now, and Kobe was starting to come into his own, but I think if Shaq stays, it slows down Kobe's process. I don't think we see that Mamba Kobe as early as we did. He eventually would get there because Shaq eventually would retire, but I don't think we see that Mamba as early as we did if Shaq stays in L.A. Even even Shaq said himself that that series they played against um, Detroit, he was like, man, that was my fault. He, I, that was my fault. He said, me against Ben Wallace was barbecue chicken. That was my fault. He was too busy feud with Kobe. That Like, they, they were supposed to win that chip easy. I'll take it a completely different way. I think if Shaq stays, Kobe leaves. Shaq stays, Kobe leaves. Like, I don't think this – I don't think they were – maturity levels were not where they needed to be for those two to coexist anymore. And the Lakers made a choice and their choice was we got to keep Kobe. He's younger and we're going to ride with Kobe. So if they keep Shaq, Kobe's out of there. That's a great point, Jeff. I just think that with that team, you put together one more run with GP, Carl Malone, you add in, you know, Carl, not a person, we're like a Alonzo Mourning, Michael Finley, Antonio McDice type of player. Because it would have been great to see Shaq go from being the man to a sidekick like how he did with D-Wade. That would have been a good thing to see. And I think if Shaq would have just, you know, realized, hey, for the betterment of the team, I'm going to do this with Kobe instead of doing it with D-Wade, it would have been interesting to see, man. I think they went two more, and then we'll get into a situation where Kobe becomes the man and it's a little bit more of an easier way to get players to come there because it's more of a destination spot instead of Kobe fighting to get players there and winning. Besides that, I think Kobe ends up with six, maybe seven rings if Shaq stays for sure. For sure. Next up on the agenda, the Detroit Pistons draft Carmelo Anthony instead of Darko Milicic. How would things look? If that happens, I don't think, LeBron James would even lasted seven years in Cleveland. That team was so good. The Detroit team was so good with veterans, with veterans, which LeBron never had veterans. And Carmelo, with all the talent he had, was already he was already could shoot the ball. Everything LeBron worked on, and and what Carmelo already had as a as a young player, that team would have won another two chips. It made a real rough one. 
Yeah, it changed that whole narrative on Carmelo because people seem to forget his Nuggets years and that he took that team to the playoffs in the Western Conference as a rookie and all the things that he accomplished in Denver. People people forget that crap. You know, they just talk about they focus on the Knicks stuff, the Houston stuff, and the, you know, the OKC debacle. But whatever. I You know, to, to focus on what we're talking about, though, if he goes to Detroit with that team that they have, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's one, at least one, if not two more rings, because that team, the nucleus they had, yes, it was a mature team, but they ran it their way. And then Carmelo's the young gun that just comes in and relieves Tayshaun Prince and Richard Hamilton of having to do anything other than just play defense. And you got him to get a bucket. They possibly three Pete. They already won the first title. Then, like you said, they bring Melo in, who averaged 21 points his rookie year, would have helped ease their scoring. They might have not lost to the Spurs in 05. Then that next year, they still made it back to the Eastern Conference Finals, losing to Miami, which could have possibly been their three-peat. And it puts Melo in another echelon having those rings, because that's the one thing everybody likes to say about Melo. He's great. He has all the individual accolades, but he didn't get a ring. You give him a ring, now people are going to start looking at Melo a little differently. Carmelo Anthony is coming off a national championship. He sees his friends, LeBron James, having his own team. CCP doing his, you know, the next year coming in, doing his own thing. D-Wade doing his thing. And then you see Melo, he's going to be on the bench two, three years. That wouldn't have worked out. We wouldn't have seen the best of Carmelo Anthony, 100%. You're not playing. You gonna, who are you going to take out? You take out you gonna take out Tayshaun? Yeah, hell no. Yeah, you know, the only person time? on the team to play defense. After that think, first year, I don't think he'd been on the bench like that. Tayshaun Prince was the defensive linchpin. On uh, he was he was switching one twos and threes, y'all. Or Jason Maxiel moves to the bench, and you and they create the small. Jason Maxiel didn't start. Who was the five? Who was the four then? Rasheed. And you're right. Rasheed was the four. Yes, even yeah, better. We're not putting him on no bench. Hell no. Nah. I think this, I think the Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony that we see now, he's just a regular run of the mill basketball player if he goes to Detroit. The best of the best thing what happened to him was to go to Denver and have his own thing. Him going to Detroit would not have worked. I, I think only thing, only reason I disagree with you is because you saw how well he played with a leader like Chauncey. So if you put him with Chauncey out the gate, fresh off winning that national championship and learning how to be a pro without having to be a pro from day one, I think we see Carmelo be, you know, again, I said this earlier with Penny and Grant Hill, that top 10, top 15 player list that looks a little bit different, again, because of Carmelo Anthony. Richard Hamilton said that. He was like, man, if we had Melo, we'd win two or three championships. He said the only thing that we worried about with that was the fact that you're bringing in Melo and he's already such a star already. It's going to be hard for him to come off the bench. Even as a uh, incoming rookie he's to this day he still have a problem coming off the bench y'all you think he would have we'd have been fine coming off the bench hell nah it wouldn't but have worked i think he would have fought his way into getting more minutes though yeah, yeah he would have played he would have played it would have been the equivalent of if james harden never mind we'll talk about it for sure mellow with brace was a problem dude mellow got a bunch of different monikers for sure let's move right along to a healthy brandon roy and Greg Oden, what if this happened? Rose a monster, man. He's a monster. Him and Greg Oden could have been really special together. To me, um, more so than Greg Oden. Like, you know, I, I hate what happened to Greg Oden. But to me, when, we, when I was talking about there's a player on the list that we're going to discuss that was the biggest what if, it's, to me, it's Brandon Roy. Because he checked all the boxes. To me. He played defense. He's going to get a bucket if he needs to. He made the right offensive play, made the right basketball play, no matter what was going on. He jumped. He did everything the right way. Not No wasted movement. No you know, dribbling too much, pounding the rock. None of that. Brandon Roy was the biggest what if because this dude was a quiet superstar that we didn't get to see develop into. Well, quiet star that we didn't get to see develop into a superstar. This could have been the next Kobe and Shaq, but let's not forget, it also could have been the first big three because LaMarcus Aldridge was on that team also. When them guys played together, they played a total of 62 games together. Their record was 50 and 12 in those games. We never saw how dominant Greg Oden could be 
his best years, he averaged 11 and 8.5. But we did see Brandon Roy. He was one of the best in the league. Early, he was a three-time All-Star, All-NBA second team, and All-NBA third team before those knee injuries. I think this team wins at least one title if they don't get hurt. Facts, man. I agree 100%. Greg Oden was Bill Russell. They were talking about him like he was going to be a transcendent talent. And at that time, bigs were actually bigs. You can get 20 and 20, and you're an all-star, first-team All-NBA player. Then with Brandon Roy, you add that in. In his third year in the league, y'all, he was top 10 in MVP votes in his third year, dog. So you match that alongside LaMarcus Aldridge and the player that he became. Who in the hell are you going to guard? Every player on the team demanded a double team. This is the biggest what if, and it's just hurt the entire franchise. Because at, before that, it was Sam Bowie and Bill Walton. Then it transferred down to Greg Oden and Brandon Roy. It's rough, man. The, the Trailblazers, man, have been built, dealt a dealt a bad hand, bad spades hand. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because the Trailblazers didn't they didn't bounce back until they, until they drafted Dame Lillard. Let's move on to the next topic, which is the Derrick Rose injury would never happen. What if Derrick Rose explosive, fat, just all the adjectives and fearless, just. Man, this this hurts, man, because he never got right. Now he's he's rounding back into a solid player right now. He just being completely honest, a solid player. But Derrick Rose was exceptional. Like this, this isn't a solid, but this was this was must-see TV whenever he played. That Rose, Noah, Luau Dang, um, uh, uh, Taj Gibson, those teams, like that Chicago team, like man, that was must-see, man, just because of Derrick Rose. And it just sucks that we didn't get to see that matriculate, matriculate to what it's supposed to be. I think that Bulls team maybe wins one ring, maybe. But just the fact, I just wanted to see him play at a top level more than what he did. That, that MVP year we saw with Derrick Rose, that might be top three MVP years I've ever seen. I don't think it's too many that having a straight solid year than Derrick Rose, that, that MVP year. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. This is one of the ones where I think a lot doesn't really change outside of Derrick Rose becomes one of the greatest point guards to do it. I don't think it turns into any championships because of the timing. Like you mentioned, Jeff, he had a young Jimmy Butler, Luel Dane, Joaquin Noah, Taj Gibson, Carlos Boozer. But the problem was that was that Heatles time. That was 2011 where LeBron went to Miami with Chris Bosh and D-Wade. So I think the prime years of those guys, they would have ran into those heaters and you have Carlos Boozer getting older. You have Luel Dean starting to get older. All those guys. I think that would have been the one thing that hurt Derrick Rose as far as winning championships unless he saw what LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosch and he left to go team up with somebody else. If he does that, now we can talk a little differently. I think he attracts people there. Yeah, they coming to him. I think they coming to him. That's what he I don't I'm not saying he wins more than two, but I think he wins one simply because we we look at that Heatles run with rose colored glass. They had some tough matchups. They had rough time with Boston. They had a rough time with uh with, with the Pistons. Like they had to they were pushed. You know what I mean? So I think they can come out of that East and they would beat. They wouldn't have lost to Dallas. The Heat, the, the, Chicago could have beat Dallas. Here's the thing. Chicago was a destination spot for both Chris Bosh and, of course, LeBron James and even Dwayne Wade. He wanted to go there and team up. They reached out to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose didn't do any, any recruiting. So you know what? He turns into Russell Westbrook, an MVP who was an exceptional talent, playing at a high level, just didn't get enough help because he stood in the way of his own progress. I don't think that Russell Westbrook is as stubborn as Derrick Rose was, is. I think Russell Westbrook would have been in a situation where he would be like, hey, man, come hoop with me. Derrick Rose was reached out. People reached out. LeBron's people, Kobe's people reached out. Derrick Rose was not answering the phone calls. And that would be, I think we would just see the same thing with Derrick Rose. Like you said, Locke, he would just been a great, Hall of Fame talent, 
not anything as far as championships. One objection to that, though. One quick objection. I won't stay on it too long. If you remember, Carmelo signs his extension with the Knicks. He goes to Chicago, he goes to Houston, and he goes to New York. That's the if. If Melo goes to Chicago then, that's the year D-Rose gets hurt. So if that's the, if Melo goes then, it's a different ball game. It's he a reached, different ball nah, game. I'm saying, they reached out to D-Rose, bro. D-Rose went and didn't do no recruiting. He let and, 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 and I guarantee you, D-Rose regrets that. Well, we, know, we know. For sure. Yeah, yeah but sure. it's more so D Rose personality than anything else. He's 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 a, a to himself kind of guy. Like, I had Red Ron Monkey. James is reaching out. Answer the phone, dog. Yeah, that's Answer. back. That's back. That's back when you used to walk around with Red Monkey jeans on. Can anybody tell you nothing? <laughs> uh, gotta listen a little bit. Gotta listen a little bit. Move right along man, to the next one, man. The NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers. What if we? I still think that was the mafia or something did that shit because that came out of nowhere. I I mean I, I mean I seen David Stern at, at, like you know on championship banner. I mean when, when people in championship, he's on the stage so like that. But I've never seen him come out and say, you know what, this trade is not going to happen. That was some I, I don't know how they even have y'all ever seen that happen before that. Well, he had to because. Wow. At the time, the New Orleans uh, New Orleans Hornets were owned by the league. They didn't have an owner. So to keep that team attractive to somebody who wanted to purchase it, you had to keep the star on the team. Why would I purchase a basketball team with nobody there for people to come see? That's why the trade didn't go through. You, you, they were fleecing. It looked like the Lakers were fleecing a team that could not defend itself. That's why he, he had to do it. Now, I'll step out on the limb here and say this. This don't change a thing. What? With what they had to give up, with what they had to give up. to Y'all got to remember what that trade was, though. They gave a pick. Gasol and I want to say Bynum. Hello, it was Hello. Okay, even worse, even worse. A pick Gasol and Lamar Odom for Chris Paul, and you just got Chris Paul and Kobe. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But just remember what the league looked like. That doesn't change a thing to me. Rondo, Rondo, Boston, clamps them up. That's what Easy. I'm saying though. They were still shooting, shooting two point shots. Kobe can go in there and play with Rondo and Chris Paul. He can play with them. Kobe can. Chris Paul and Rondo can go back and forth. I agree with you, Jeff. I don't know if they they win another chip just because of everything they lost. They would have been real slim in the depth department because, it, yes, you have Kobe. Yes, you have CP3. Yes, you have Bynum. You still got Metal World Peace, too. But your bench now goes to Derek Fisher, Matt Barnes, Steve Blake. And if you remember, this was the year before Kobe tore his Achilles. Now, maybe he doesn't tear his Achilles if he has CP3 because he doesn't have to work as hard to get those wins. But I'm not sure if it will give them over the hump because they still had to go through that Spurs team and that Thunder team. Bonham was in his prime, still got meta, and you still got a young nucleus of young players on that team. You know who they would have had to play in the conference finals? It was the Dallas Mavericks. They would have beat the hell out of the Dallas Mavericks, dog. And we would have finally get to see the Kobe versus LeBron thing that we wanted to see throughout the entire time of the 2000s and the 2010s. I didn't want to see that. Yeah, because Kobe would have got the best of them. And the Hornets didn't – they weren't fleeced like what y'all were saying. They still would have had um, Pal Gasol. They still would have had Lamar Odom, Kevin Martin, a young Goran Dragic. Luis Scola's on that team. Yeah, it, I think it would have helped out both sides. You could, it wasn't as lopsided as it seemed. And we would have got a little bit better basketball in those finals because I'm telling you, man, they would have beat the hell out of the Mavericks for sure. Let's move right along to the next one. The Thunder don't trade James Harden. What if we... This is what... If the Thunders don't... I remember watching the Heat and OKC playing in that first finals when LeBron won. And I'm thinking, man, they're gonna these boys so young and they got a squad, they're gonna they're gonna be right back next year. I thought I thought I thought this was gonna be, you know, what Cleveland and Golden State was playing three or four years in a row. And that was the worst mistake they could have made. I think so. Uh we gotta remember how this really played out. I think OKC panicked. They panicked because they knew they couldn't afford James Harden. So instead of letting it play out 
they panicked and traded them too soon and got Kevin Martin and I forget the other player and a pick. You know, they panicked. But if this if they don't panic and let this team play itself out and the injury doesn't happen in the playoffs to Kevin Durant, I believe. If Durant or Westbrook got hurt that playoff series against the Grizzlies. But so two things have to happen. They have to play it out with the same roster and the injury doesn't happen. But if they keep the, the, the roster the same, it's a repeat of the finals. They double, they run it right back. And I think they win that second one because the experience kicks in. They've been there before. They know what to expect. They know how to approach it. And then we know winning cures everything. James Harden might decide, yeah, I know I ain't going to get a lot of his money, but I'm going to stay here and try to win another one and see what happens because I can go get money a few years later. I can sign maybe a two-year, something like that, see what happens, and then go get the money. So I think it does change that dynamic, and I think OKC wins one. It was between Serge Ibaka, James Harden, and $10 million. Sam Presti decided he didn't want to pay James Harden an extra $10 million, and that was the end of that dynasty. You ended up losing all of them throughout the process, and you had to go, which made sense at the time. You needed a big. It was hard to find a player like Serge Ibaka, which he turned into a totally different player. But the way that they scout, the way that they draft, the way that they run their franchise, they would have been able to find a replacement for whoever the hell may be there. And I think that was the biggest mistake of the entire franchise by letting James Harden go because James Harden turns into, he's not an MVP caliber player at all, but I think they compete and win for championships. I think he's a six man. I think he eventually ends up starting and it's a situation where they might get a Mike D'Antoni there. And can you imagine them playing that type of basketball with James Harden, Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka in the corner? Come on, man. It would have been insane, man. Yeah. It would have been different for sure. And young Steven yeah. Adams. And a young yeah. Steven Adams, you get all of these players, man. I think it was a huge, huge mistake. And like Jeff said, which was 100%, they panicked. Such a mistake. Huge mistake. They would have dominated the West. The way the Warriors had a chokehold on the West, it would have been the Thunder instead of the Warriors, for sure. I don't think Steph Curry wins a championship in Golden State if this mm-hmm. team's still together. It's totally different. Our last topic, the Golden State Warriors. What if they won the NBA Finals in 2016? Thank God that, that, that Draymond got suspended. I'm going to be honest. Thank God he got suspended. That was nobody but God. And because if that wouldn't have happened, Lord knows what happened. <laughs> Lord knows. Like LeBron, like that, that shapes up everything. LeBron's career. I don't even I don't even know if LeBron's in LA right now. The weird thing, the weird thing about this is, and you know, I don't only thing it does is just add one more ring to what they already have. Kevin Durant, from what the stories we we are able to read now, now mind you, we weren't in the room, but apparently Kevin Durant's mind was already made up. They beat OKC. They come back from OKC a three to one. And then they don't lose their three to one lead to the Cavs. They win that chip. That's back to back. And then Kevin Durant says, "Well, I'm still going." And he goes there. And then they become the super duper team. One hundred percent correct, Jeff. Because now you're talking about a team that possibly might win five in a row, because it gives them the three peat. And then you bring in Kevin Durant, and it definitely changes LeBron James because now he doesn't have four rings. We don't know if he stays in, in Cleveland. We don't know what he does. And it also, like you said, mentions the Warriors because the, the knock on that Warriors team is, yeah, they went 73-9, and nine, but they didn't win. They didn't finish the deal. Now you're talking about a team finishing the deal, three-peating, and getting Kevin Durant, pops have a chance of winning four and five. This changes the trajectory of the entire NBA because Kevin Durant has been on record saying he wanted to play with Doc Rivers. He goes to play for Doc Rivers with the Clippers. They've always had a hole at the three. There's never been a small forward that played for the go. I mean, for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers until Kawhi got there. You put him with the Clippers with CP. CP hadn't been traded yet, y'all. He was still there. You put him there. The West is totally different. I guarantee the Warriors don't win those championships if you have Blake. CP, DeAndre, who was there, who's KD's guy. With Doc, that's a different thing, and the entire NBA is shook. They, he goes to the Clippers, he runs those championships, and then he ends up somewhere else again when the 
you know, Blake's leave and things of that nature. They had enough money to sign one person, and it was going to be Kevin Durant. That's the mm. case. He goes to the Clippers. LeBron just goes to the Warriors. What? LeBron's not going to the Warriors, though. He was went to the L- He still would have went to L.A. But real quick, like you said, 3P, that would have been a back-to-back. That would have been a back-to-back year, not a 3P, if they beat them that year. So they would have won the four. They would have four-peated. Because I still think Kevin Durant goes. I know I, I, what you're saying, Jay, makes total sense. It was down to the Clippers and the Warriors. But from what we're reading, what we read after it happened, his mind was made up. So I just think that it just all it does is give them one more ring. His mind was made up. KD's not joining that team if they already did a three P, bro. But they beat him. He's still joining. What changes that? Because it's, he wanted to get the hell away from Russell Westbrook. And the best thing to do is go with the best coach at the time, which was Doc Rivers, and you playing with CP. Can you imagine a pick and roll with KD and CP? Oh my God. I don't think KD, I don't think Blake, yeah. too. Man, that's a squad. Listen to that five. That five is crazy. Yeah, if he goes, it, it, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been an easier, it would have been an easier ring than, than what KD had with, with those two guys. No, it wouldn't have, but he would have been. The, the, the linchpin of that, you have, this is their starting five. CP, JJ, KD, Blake, and DeAndre. Bro, come on now. Come on now. Come on, y'all. Oh, that's a squad. Sure. It's a squad, but he still could have done that. Like, I don't, I still think he goes he to do that. He didn't do that because he wanted, he wanted. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. That's the easiest one he could ever get in life. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. He got two easy ones, for sure. He'll never get another one. Went a little heavy, got a little long winded, but that was fun, man. Fun times. Don't forget to pull up on the youtube.com slash full sport press. Support the guys. Also, Patreon. The link is in our uh, link tree in the uh, located on the IG page for sure, man. Woo, man. Hey, y'all, that Derrick Rose talk. It would have been, he, he, he blew his own self up. Facts. For sure. He blew yeah. his own self. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, for most sure. definitely. Mm. He's walking. He's walking around with Evisu's on, man. You couldn't tell him nothing. Oh, for sure. He thought size he, 40s too. He had size forty Evisu's on. Yeah, the Evisu's on. He had Easter Easter egg forces, man. You couldn't tell him. Nah, that wasn't that long ago. That's two thousand four. We this, this is two thousand four. Two thousand ten, bro. When nobody wins. <laughs> Easter egg forces. Easter egg forces, man. No way. Now, tweets with questions throughout <laughs> the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend in the Easter Egg Forces. <laughs> tell a friend. To tell a friend. Wheezy. Everything paid for, baby. Jeff. Camera's always on, brother. Coach Lock. Get a drummer song. The Revolution will be podcast. We are out. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted.